Hello and welcome to Dear Sparrows podcast. So as we were talking about last week, this is the love month. And I don't know about you guys, um, Valentine's Day honestly is my least favorite holiday of the year. I actually celebrate Arbor Day far more because I love trees. Valentine's Day, just not my favorite. But there is a time and place to talk about such things. And it's we try to work seasonally here. So... Sometimes it's good things to talk about, and there's always goodness that can be talked about and good meat for the Lord. So let's hop right in. So this week we're going to be talking about um, a little bit more with dating um, and dating in the context of purposeful dating, um, which is something that is important. Uh, So we'll just move right along. So the first uh, question that we got in this week um, from Feedback was should or is it okay to date somebody who is not of the faith? Um, that is such a loaded question. Uh, this was also really explored in Dear Young Sparrow, um, which came out last June. And it was actually something that I've gotten quite a few times from young people um, and people inquiring, working with youth. That's, that's something that comes up a lot because in the end of the day, we are humans. There is that desire to date, there is that desire to get to know somebody better. But if we really want to get the most out of our dating relationships and living in abundance, we we need to look at what God's saying and what God's perimeters and wisdom are, right? So a lot of this is is turning, well, all of this should be turning, you know, first and foremost in prayer to the Holy Spirit, asking for his guidance. Um, John 14 talks about the Holy Spirit and how God has given us the Holy Spirit to be our counselor of truth. And that is such a beautiful thing. Um, the way he describes the Holy Spirit as a counselor of light and a counselor of truth. And, and so praying into the Holy Spirit and asking for guidance, he is going to um, work to get a message across in you You know what, what he, you should be doing. But I think the flip side of that is do we... Do we allow our, you know, the, us to ourselves to hear the Holy Spirit, or do we strive to tune them out? Um, so I think talking a little bit about that. Um, the other day we had the most gorgeous day. It was on Tuesday um, in Virginia. It was seventy degrees outside, and my favorite thing on the planet to do is I love sitting in my hammock. I love hanging out in my hammock on a warm summer day or a warm spring day, or in this case, it was February, um, and just falling asleep, reading a good book or listening to the birds and waking up surrounded by the birds. Well, that's what I did last week. And I got to take my hammock nap, which was the most glorious thing. I fell asleep praying and I woke up to um, the sounds of, of birds, which is my other favorite thing. But uh, I love, I just love being in nature. But there were beautiful songbirds. They were chirping and soft and their melodies were just so peaceful. And everything, there was a, a variety of different birds, birds, but everything worked in harmony, right? And then there, there's been this kind of little horde of crows that have lived in the backyard for a while now. Um, or flocked in the backyard. And so one of this crow comes over and he's just squawking and he's squawking and squawking and squawking so loudly to the point where you can barely hear the sweet melody of the other birds. 
And what the Holy Spirit was really teaching me in truth and light and counsel and putting on my heart was that the voice of the Lord is a lot like the sweet birds. It is calm. It is peaceful. It does not stir anxiety. And it is in love, right? Whereas the voice of the enemy is, is that crow squawking and trying to rile us up, trying to get us nervous and anxious. And sometimes that crow can sound so much louder than the voice of the Lord. But we, we get to choose who are we going to tune into. And so the voice of the Lord is going to bring calmness. It is going to push us gently in a certain direction, but it is not going to make us work in haste. Um, and it is going to give us a peace and the direction that he is encouraging us to go, right? The voice of the enemy is going to cause anxiety, is going to cause us um, pain, havoc, doubt, and it's going to be a lot like that crow, right? And that, that horrible crow. So, so kind of talking about that. And so first and foremost, when somebody comes up and, and you were considering, okay, I'm, maybe I kind of want to date this person, um, a good way to approach it first, no matter what, give it to the Holy Spirit first. Go in earnest prayer and ask the Lord, is this somebody that you would like for me to invest my time in and to honestly and earnestly consider dating? I think additionally, we have to look at the Bible. Um, the voice of the Lord is never going to go against what the word of God says. Both are truth, right? He stands on his word. Both is the voice of truth. And so the counselor of truth and the word of truth work together in equal balance so that we can come forward and come to the throne of God and we can, have, we can walk in complete assurance. So in the context of dating somebody who is not a Christian, it is made pretty clear. Um, like I said, I had, you know, I've had quite a few people ask me questions like this, but, um, and unfortunately I think I've given them answers that they don't want, but it is what the Lord, you know, makes clear. And so in, this is actually in the, should I date a non-believer chapter of Dear Young Sparrow? Um, if you're reading along in that at all, but it's in second Corinthians six fourteen, and it says, do not team up with those who are unbelievers. How can the righteous be a partner with the wickedness and how can light live with darkness? So this is not to be a super harsh or super slight thing um, at people who are not saved. And this is also not one of those, I think there's like a John Chris video of um, Christian ways to deny dating or like say no to a date. But this, this is truth and this is, this is humble truth that we have to look at. And if... What is the purpose of dating? The purpose of dating ultimately should be towards the consideration of marriage. That doesn't mean you have to marry the person you're dating, but that is something in play. That is something that needs to be brought into consideration and really honestly looked at because you don't want to waste their time. You don't want to waste your own time. And you don't want to foster soul ties with that person when those soul ties aren't going to be for eternal those are going to be things that you're going to have to work through and baggage and, and that's a lot to work through. And we'll talk about soul ties in a little while. But in the first context of not dating somebody that is not a believer, it is pretty clear. Now, this is also talking about so teaming up. So in this context, Paul was talking about marriage, um, to not marry somebody who's an unbeliever. But if our intentional dating should lead towards marriage then really it's probably smarter to nip it in the bud. 
Well, then there's that kind of thought, missionary dating, where people think, oh, well, let's see, if I date this person, then I can share the Lord with them. That is a wonderful intention and a wonderful thought, but it's, it very, very rarely ends up working out. And um, it was, so the Christy, Mir- Christy Miller series is by Robin Jones Gunn. It's a really great <clears throat> series for young women, young adults to read. Um, I read them growing up. I remember I got one when I was like 14. And they follow this girl from age 13, 14 to now, I think the books, she's in her 30s, which I just finished the most recent one and I'm loving it. But, and it's cool to see how she's, she's grown up and she's, you know, grown into being the person that she was supposed to be. But anyway, in the book, um, there's this illustration and they have a, a young teenage girl and she stands up on a chair. And there's a boy who is standing just on the ground. And they are holding hands and she tries to pull him up, right? But she can't do it. He weighs too much. He tries to pull her down and he's, it's very easy to do it because it's easier to pull someone down to pull, than pull someone up in this context of dating somebody who is not a Christian. That is not to say that you cannot still remain their friend and encourage them and bring them to church. If they are somebody that you really feel investing time in is good, there's nothing wrong with letting that season of friendship be prolonged. Invite them to church. Share the faith with them. Encourage them, love them, don't black them out and get them out of your bubble just because they're not a Christian. But don't look to date them and don't even really bring into the realm of, well, until you're a Christian, we can't date. Because you want to make sure that transformation in them is authentic and sincere and by the Holy Spirit. So that's on the, you know, the honest truth on missionary dating. I think beyond that, um, recognizing that there, it is going to be tempting at times to want to date somebody who is not a Christian. It's an ugly truth, but it's a fact. We are humans. We can be tempted. But the Bible says that God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. And so really leaning into the Lord and saying, I need help. I'm having a hard time resisting this, and I need your help. I think another thing, really truly putting your heart at the throne of God. Um, I had a friend who, her the way she's kind of worked her whole life um, in the context of dating is every time she would start to develop feelings for somebody, whether they were Christian or not, she would take it to the Lord and she'd say, Lord, you are the maker and the keeper of my heart. And I do not want to make a move forward or backward or to the side or anything unless you are giving me the green light. And so knowing that you live inside me and your Holy Spirit works inside me, I give all of my desires over to you. If you want this person to remain in my heart, then allow the feelings to stay. But if not, Lord, I ask sincerely that you would release me and help me to move forward and move on. And I tell you what, it works every time. And I think a lot of that, it relates back to Psalm 37, 4, where if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, what does that mean? A lot of people take that into context. They put it on coffee mugs and they're like, oh, Lord, I love you. Can I have a pony? Cool. And then you expect a pony and you don't get a pony and you're disappointed and you don't understand why. But you're misunderstanding the verse. You have to look at the context of the verse. And what the verse really is saying 
is if you rend your heart to the Lord and you leave your heart at the throne of God and you say, not just my will versus your will, but you say, God, I want my will to be transformed and moved and my heart to be malleable and shaped to your will so that what you will for my life is what I'm desiring because then you will give me the the desires of my heart because you've molded it to the fashion of what you want so you will give me your will does that make sense I hope that makes sense because I it's a beautiful imagery and it's a hard concept to kind of digest at times but when we do that we allow the Lord in and we also have to recognize dating is important. The second most important relationship you will ever have in your life will be with a spouse. The first will be with the Lord. And we look at it too. What did, you know, in the Garden of Eden, God first creates man. He creates Adam. And Adam has this relationship with God. And it's God and Adam all the time. And then what does God do directly after that? He ushers in relationship with each other, and he brings in Eve. And they're in the garden, and for a time period, this was the only marriage in all of history that was ever perfect for a time period. Before the fall, this marriage was perfect. This was God's intention. This was God's design. And together, Adam and Eve had a relationship with one another, and they had a relationship with God, and they all worked together. It's kind of that triangle where God's at the top, and and then there's the husband and the wife. And the closer the husband and wife got to God, the closer they got to together, right? Like an equilateral triangle. And so looking at that, those relationships matter to God. It matters to God who you marry very much. And so we have to be excessively careful when it comes to dating. This is not to scare people. This is not to cause people or invoke, you know, fear of putting yourself out there and dating. But this is to be intentional, to go to the Lord and let him direct and tell you what he desires for your life. And at times, this might might require a lot of waiting. And that's okay. Because if the Lord's having you wait and you are actively working and seeking the Lord and doing the things and fostering things he wants you to during that season, you're becoming the person that you need to be to marry the person that you need to marry. And at the same time, pray for them. Pray for them daily. Pray for them constantly, that they are becoming the person that they need to be to be married to you. Because when you work towards that, you both end up at the altar of God. And that is where he can join you two together. But not until you both get to the altar and you become the people that you're supposed to be. So continuing on, you know, that was a little bit of a rabbit trouble. Continuing on dating people who are not Christians, there's, there's a lot of struggle in that. And it, I can relate personally. There's been people that I have I've really, truly cared about. Um, there's a guy I really cared about him quite a lot and not a Christian, and he sat in front of me and basically was pretty upfront and not, not a creepy manner at all, but said that I was the kind of person that, that he would want to marry, and, and I'm sitting there with this indirect marriage proposal, and I know what the Lord has said, and I know that the Lord has made it clear, and I had, you know, given it to God in my heart, and I kid you not how this all came about is I went in my car and I started crying and I opened my Bible and straight to 
straight and opening my Bible is that verse about not being yoked with unbelievers and, and seeing that and, and giving that to God and knowing that that is okay. And I was not okay at the time. I cried a lot. I was fussy. I was not a happy child of God in that. But I look back now with that being so many years ago, and I thank the Lord because I know he has better. And I know he had me on a track because he wanted me to become who a different person and who he created me to be. And if I had disobeyed, it would have gone poorly. And I doubt we would have ever actually even gotten married. I think it would have ended up really bad with a lot of mess. And it's better to trust the Lord and not have all that baggage and mess to clean up than to have this giant just load of crap that you have to clean up later. That makes it so much harder. C.S. Lewis said, to love you as I should, I must worship God as creator. When I have learned to love God better than my earthly dearest, I shall love my earthly dearest better than I do now. So what that's really saying is when you learn to put things in correct order and you love God the most, you know how to love a spouse the best right? You know how to give your best. And that's important. So using a season of singleness to not only rend your heart to God and let him direct your dating path, but to become the kind of person that you would, that you need to be to, to marry someone else is important. There's so much emphasis on finding the right person, but how many people are becoming that right person? How many people are working on their relationship with God, working on their career, working on all the things that God has had you tend to become that person. Even Adam in the garden, God creates him and he has him go and name all the animals. So Adam was actively doing what God had called him to do and named all the animals and tended for the land. And then God brought him his wife. He was acting in obedience with his relationship with God and his relationship with what he was supposed to be doing in that time. And then in the right time, God brought him the woman he was supposed to be with. And that's Eve. And that's a beautiful thing. And it sounds so much more simple when we put it in those contexts. But it is true that God is, you know, when we focus on God and we put our hearts into God, that he is making us into the people that we need to be to be really amazing husbands and wives. And then you pray for your spouse that they are becoming the same. So when you get together, you can hit the ground running. You can be this power couple. You won't have all these entanglements and these things screwing you up that you have to clean up. Um, another thing to talk about is, is past. If you have screwed up in the past, it doesn't mean that you, you know, are out of the running for God's blessings. That is your past. You're moving forward. You don't live in your past anymore. And so taking that to the Lord and really asking him for healing and cleaning from that is vital. And I think that's true for everyone. There's, um, the concept of talking about soul ties and soul ties. A lot of times people think that that is only in connection with somebody that you've been, intimate with but in truth you can have a soul tie with anyone and anything and what a soul tie is is something that can ties your soul to that person or that thing and it is in an unhealthy manner and it entangles you from moving forward in your life and I I was talking to a pastor once and he was sharing how he had an issue with a soul tie with money and and greed And that is a thing, but really giving that to God and allowing him to break through and rip through those soul ties is incredible. And that is hard and it hurts. 
But when we give that to the Lord, we say, I have had an unhealthy, improper relationship with this person or this thing. Maybe emotionally, you poured out yourself completely and you just became so emotionally attached to someone else and things did not work out with that person. And the Lord said, that is not your person. But you had all these emotional attachments. Well, how do you, how do you break free from that? It's almost like a glue. And I was given an image once of just kind of like these, these glue pieces where there was all these strings attached to something else. And just a knife coming through and cutting and ripping through all of them with lightning speed. And that is because the Lord is the one who can break off those soul ties can let those wounds heal, and you can walk forward a healed person, not connected, not entangled, not imprisoned, and not controlled by the past. And that is a very important and beautiful thing when that is handed over to the Lord, and he heals that, and he breaks those soul ties. And truth be told, that must occur before getting into a relationship with someone else. You cannot walk into a relationship with someone else still being entangled with past and asking to Lord to wash the Lord to wash you clean and walk forward in that. Even the woman who committed adultery in the Bible and all of the people wanted to stone her and Jesus started writing down their sins in the dirt. He told her that she was forgiven and to go and sin no more. So she was made clean in that moment. She was made clean. She was forgiven. Her past was her past, but she was told, don't go do it again. And it is important then to be intentional about the relationships we are fostering and building so that we don't build unhealthy soul ties and connections to people or things. And we are so focused on God. So when he gives the green light, you can go for it. And especially in marriage, then you can pour yourself out. You can have that connection. You can be made into one. And that's a beautiful thing. When there's not all these other, yeah, I think Solomon talks about little foxes that would come and nip and, and try and ruin the beautiful garden that God's creating and that God's fostering. So that's, you know, a long roundabout answer, you know, for the short of, no, you shouldn't date an unbeliever, but you should trust that God has the best for you. And Isaiah 48, 17 shares, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you and directs you in the way that you should go. The Lord's not going to disappoint you. When you rend your heart to the Lord and you ask him to direct your path, it might take a long time. It might be hard. There might be a lot of cleanup that has to be done, but it's going to be his best. God wants to give you his best, but we have to be willing to accept his best. And we have to be desiring to want to have his best. But there's something so beautiful when we allow that. So... There's, there's that. Um, and we'll talk more, you know, in the weeks coming. We're going to have kind of more of some relationship series and stuff going on. Um, but this was kind of an overview for dating an, an, a non-believer. And um, really, I just want to wrap up with the kind of person you should be dating. Um, give it to the Lord. Ask him and ask for um, direction on who and how and why. Um, ask him for steps on timing. You don't want to push something too hard and then lose control. But also steps on, should I be doing something and I'm not? Or direct my steps that if I should make a move, then I'm making that move. And if I'm not, what's holding me back? 
because we can't always say, well, God's just holding me back. We, there has to be a time when action is taken that if you really do desire to be with somebody and you like them and you want to develop a relationship with them romantically and the Lord has given the green light, then what's holding you back? Don't waste time on just fear. Don't give in to the fear. Live in the spirit. Live in and walking in God. God's not going to ever force you to do anything, but he will encourage and remind you. But there's so much joy on the other side. And there's so, you know, our time here is limited. We're not guaranteed 80 plus years on this earth. And a lot of life, you know, when you're young, you only have so much vitality in time. So I'm a firm believer that my heart and desire was always that I wanted to get married very young so I could be a power couple with my husband and we could use every little bit and piece of energy we had until we were old and gray and tired and ready to go home. And I'm I'm not as young as I used to be and I, I did not get to marry young like I wanted to. But that's okay because God is the one who holds all of that and age is only a number. It is vitality in the Lord that I'm leaning on and knowing that he is going to fulfill that and bless that and, and trusting that he will keep his word, that he is true to his word. So praying for you guys and your relationships, praying that you really focus and um, listen to the Lord, listen to the call of the Lord and know that he is going to not just give you the desires of your heart, but he is going to give you his best and his very best. He came to give life and life abundantly, not life and life life apathetically. So I'll pray for us today. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for bringing us together um, to listen to your goodness, to listen to scripture, to listen to your Holy Spirit speak. Lord, I pray for everyone listening to this podcast that they would be reminded that you are the orchestrator of all things, that they would come to you with open hearts and have the desire to be obedient and know that their obedience will be blessed. Um, Lord, we honor you and we seek you. And then we pray. Amen. Uh, thank you for listening. Please always, um, you know, hit up the Instagram and website for feedback uh, and more questions. Uh, thank you for the people who submitted the question this week for this week's podcast. Um, and stay tuned. Um, blog's coming up soon. And there is a new book coming out soon, which I'll be talking about. And we're going to go through a whole series on the new book. So stay tuned. Lots of all kinds of exciting things. Be blessed. Hello and welcome to Dear Sparrows podcast. So this week, we're continuing in our talk on authenticity. And this is kind of a cool week. It's my birthday week. So I thought for a change, I don't know if it's kind of breaking any podcast rules, but I thought I'd do a birthday podcast because why not, right? <laughs> so uh, authentic birthday thing. So I live my life very intentionally. And I also live my life in kind of ways that other people don't always uh, seem to conduct themselves. I don't know. It's something I've just kind of noticed over time is a very different, but I think that's a good thing too. But one of the biggest things that I like to do at birthdays is kind of a purging. So uh, what I mean by that, so the other night during my, my prayer and quiet time, I kind of broke some things down. Uh, I knew I was going into this next year of my life and it would be the last day and the last time that I could say that I was the age I was, right? Uh, I was saying goodbye to that year, and I felt like there were some things I needed to work through. 
because I know, you know, December 31st to January 1st, everybody kind of marks that like, oh, new year, new me. But, but when you come into the world at a certain time, that's your first breath. That's your first year. So I don't know. It seems that life kind of renews every year at birthdays, maybe a little bit more than even calendar year of 2018, 2019, 2020. So I took a good assessment of everything that occurred to me in my 26th year. And I looked at it and 26 was rough. (laughs) 26 was a rough year, but there's a lot of growth that came through as well. And, and I took it to the Lord and hide it because God is so big. And I don't think we always give that credit. You know, they say there's the, the fear of the Lord is being of wisdom. And the fear is not like timid, scared, like, you know, I'm shivering, but like the respect, but doesn't that come with respect that we actually take our fears to the Lord, you know, and we don't cower and hide from him and think, oh, well, if I actually took this to God and said, hey, this really sucked, and I really hated how you let this happen, it's not really going to give him respect. That's kind of saying, like, God, I don't think you're big enough that you can handle it. I don't think your feelings can be saved from it. And it was kind of cool to just how it went down, the response that I felt, um, working through some big issues. And, and I just handed it off to God. I was like, this was bad, you know, this was bad, this was hard. And I felt challenged and uh, I felt clean afterwards. But I think there was also just the taking of account, so purging some of the bad things to choose not to bring that baggage and that hurt and the lack of trust and different things into 27, but also to look at what were some of the good things that occurred? What were some of the, the glories and the highlights and the highlight reel, if you will, you know? Um, I think if we're going to live authentically or aspire to, there has to come that intention of really looking at authentically what, what are good and bad, right? And what are some meetings? What are some things that occurred? How did, how did I grow? in the past year of my life? How did I change? How did I continuously become more of the person and the woman that I am meant to be? So that was something that I do before my birthday. And the other thing is I just kind of daydreamed with God. I talked to him about the things that I hope for in this next year. And, you know, there's like wishing on the candle. And if I'm being real, I think I've wished for the same thing since I was like 19. (laughs) But uh, that's okay. Uh, you know, like you grow with that with God and, and you take those things to him. You develop more of that relationship. Like, Hey, these are some of the things that I'm hoping for this year. And I would like to hand that off to you because you set the pace and the time of my life. But what would you think if we did this? What would you think if this occurred? Right. Uh, so I think that's another thing of birthdays to give and really watching, uh, and receiving, is a big thing too. Uh, birthdays are a time when you will have people come around you and they sometimes will bless you with gifts or well wishes and things like that. And there is an art, but there's also uh, a responsibility that you have to step into of being able to receive. Because I don't know about you guys, but I have a hard time receiving things at times. I, my love language totally for me is giving gifts, right? So I will tirelessly and put myself into debt to give somebody a really wonderful 
thoughtful, like beautiful gift or I will make them food or I will do something to go over the top because that is my heart and my way of saying I love you and I want to share this. But I have a really hard time receiving gifts back and that's such a weird thing. It's such a juxtaposition, right, of how I am made. But the Lord has been teaching me over the past few years how to receive and that was a big thing when I turned 24 that he highlighted to me that I didn't know how to receive love or gifts. And that's been something that I have earnestly been working with with the Lord. And so that, for me personally, and maybe this podcast is a little more geared towards things I've seen God doing in my life over the past year, but I became more readily able to receive things. And I got some really kind messages and uh, some things that really touched my heart immensely and I was able to receive those with a glad heart and a thankful heart and not worry about if I deserve them or not but but to say thank you because ultimately we don't deserve anything we we come onto this earth and we can work hard we can try to be good people and do right by others but there's nothing that you, you don't deserve anything right it is a gift and so I think the last thing is you know receiving but also coming with a grateful heart to the Lord and um, looking at the things that the Lord has done in your life and stopping and saying, wow, Lord, you blessed us. Thank you kindly. Lord, you were so good and you blessed my being. Thank you so much. Thank you for the friends you've given me. Thank you for this um, another year of life. Thank you for the job that I have, that I have means to make money and I'm happy in my job. Thank you that there is a promise and opportunity of things to come. Thank you that I am in a place in my life where I have a lot of freedom, but I get to enjoy that freedom and see you working and weaving. Thank you that you speak to us still in big ways and little ways and all the different ways. And we kind of approach our birthdays like that and not so much in the case of like, oh, okay, what am I going to, you know, am I going to get a cake? Am I going to go like get pizza with my friends? You know, just kind of looking at it that way. If we look at more like what things do I need to purge from this year? What things do I need to highlight? How can I receive? But how can I also receive in gratitude? And I think there's something so beautiful about the art of really practicing that and walking in that and living in that. So I hope this encourages you guys. These are some of the things that I do around my birthday and that I've learned this year, but definitely a blessing of this past year has been doing this podcast and seeing just a response from you guys and how it is uh, growing you or challenging you, some of the questions that I've gotten through the different channels, and I'm thankful for that, and I thank the Lord for the opportunity to do that. Um, so give me your thoughts. Give me other things that you do at your birthday that are traditions that you appreciate or have grown in you and helped you grow in your searching and seeking of being a very authentic person. Uh, we will continue on with our authenticity series, and we're going to kind of be getting into our Christmas series, which will be cool. But yeah, please always send your thoughts and request anything else onto the Instagram channel because it's a blessing to see, it's a blessing to see this all grow. And I hope you all have a good day. God bless.